This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Greetings, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. We will be generous with phone calls today, I think, depending on who you are. Because <laughs> I'm not going to be here tomorrow. Uh, and I, I, I got to talk about the border situation because Title 43 ends tonight at midnight. But before I do that, I, I do want to just say, uh, I don't even know who's filling in for me tomorrow, um, but thank you for whoever it is. I I am a workaholic. I'll just confess. I love this job. Um, I'm one of those people who has the nightmare that I didn't finish the math class in college and I've got to give my diploma back. I, I have that dream. And my wife one time told me there's like, like this is a recurring dream for some people and it actually means something. I can't remember what it is now. Uh, but I, I, I remember I, I took my math class in college required class and I never went to class at all. I just went in and took the final and I did fine. I, I got a B on it. I think didn't get an A I got a B. I know I didn't get a C had to be a B and I just, but I will still, I'm now in my mid forties and will wake up and like, oh my gosh, I don't think I finished that math class. I I, I don't think I graduated from college. Uh, and now I, I wake up and I'm like, what would I do if I didn't do this job? I, I don't want to go back to being a lawyer. I love this job. Uh, and I do love this job. Getting here and spending three hours a day with you is fantastic. And I built up some wonderful friendships uh, online and, and on radio and off when I was off on Monday. Uh, after expecting to be on, but the microphone broke. I mean, literally broke. Uh, and I couldn't be on radio because I was supposed to do a remote and the microphone was broken. Uh, I had multiple emails from people saying, are you okay? Is everything okay? I thought you were going to be here. He, he, yeah, we, we have that great relationship. But I need a break. I I have taken days off since spring break. Spring break was the third week of March. And I have had a day here or there where I have been off, but it's all been work-related. And there have been a couple days, I won't tell you when, where I haven't actually been here, but I stayed up until like 2 o'clock in the morning to record the program to make it sound like I was here because I didn't want you guys to not have the news covered for you, and I didn't want to do a best of or have a guest host. I wanted to be here. But I need a break, and I've known for a while that I've needed a break back in 2020. 
my buddy David Cannon, uh, I shouldn't say his last name because you know his, his phone's going to be blown up by people, but uh, I did not know him well. But this has been like we're like June of 2020, and David texted me one night and he just said, uh, "I am not your daddy, but it sounds on radio like you need a vacation." You need a break. And I realized I had not had a vacation since December 27th of 2019. COVID hit. I came back early from Christmas break before I wanted to, was there all through COVID, never took a day off, and by June was just burnout. And I'm more mindful now of the feeling because when I took a couple of days off then in June, I was like, oh, my gosh, that feeling that I had, that that's that's what it meant. And I've been I've been very very stressful the last several months. We've had all the radio negotiations, the syndication deal, all these other things happening. Um, school is letting out stuff, and I just I need a day to just go uh, drink some beers, hit some golf balls, smoke some cigars, and shoot some guns. And I'm going to this. There's this great place north of me called Barnsley Gardens, and I'm going to go up there and shoot guns and fish and hit golf balls and have a cooler full of beer and maybe some bourbon. Yeah, I have some great cigars. Take a buddy of coming down to hang out with me for the weekend, and I just need to unplug and unwind. And my wife was totally on board with it. She's like, "It's Mother's Day weekend. You need to go do this. I'll be home Sunday for Mother's Day, but I won't be here with you tomorrow. My apologies in advance. That's it. I got to move on to the news because the border it's about to open even further than it is already open. Uh, here is Kevin McCarthy already have a flood more than four million people come across now it's going to be a tidal wave you have hundreds of thousands of people just waiting the challenge here is the president has treated this just like he's treated the debt limit he's ignored the problem but republicans today we will pass a bill it, it, it is the strongest border security bill this country has ever passed we'll do it on the floor well it it will bring back it'll re, it'll keep remain in mexico it'll finish the wall which is so successful that the president Biden stopped on the day he was sworn in. He's literally spending money on the material we already have to finish the wall just to store it instead of use it. And one more. This, I can't believe CNN is the one that covered this, but this is actually a migrant, an illegal alien, actually, talking to CNN. Una pregunta. ¿Usted está enterado del título 42 eh, y que iban a abrir la frontera? Were you aware of Title 42? Sí. sí. Por esto viniste. That's why you came here. Sí. Y queríamos pasar antes del 11 porque se recuerda que no iban a dejar más pasar más gente. He said he said he wanted to get here. He wanted to make sure to get here before the the cutoff of uh, or before uh, Title 42 ended. But he was well aware. Gracias por platicar con nosotros. Thank you. Y suerte con tu viaje. Good luck with your journey here. You got that? He, he wanted to get up here before before Title 42, so he could be at the head of the line to cross the border. Uh, this is. This is incredible. Um, And I got to tell you that I don't think Mayorkas is the man for the job at this point. This is him and his White House briefings. Tonight at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time, the pandemic-era Title 42 public health order will end. Starting at midnight, people who arrive at our southern border will be subject to our immigration enforcement authorities under Title VIII of the United States Code. Here is what that means. If anyone arrives at our southern border after midnight tonight, they will be presumed ineligible for asylum and subject to steeper consequences for unlawful entry, including a minimum five-year ban on re-entry and potential criminal 
prosecution. The transition to Title VIII processing will be swift and immediate. We have surged 24,000 Border Patrol agents and officers, thousands of troops, contractors, and over 1,000 asylum officers and judges to see this through. We are clear-eyed about the challenges we are likely to face in the days and weeks ahead, and we are ready to meet them. We expected to see large numbers of encounters initially. We are already seeing high numbers of encounters in certain sectors. This places an incredible strain on our personnel, our facilities, and our communities with whom we partner closely. We prepared for this moment for almost two years, and our plan will deliver results. It will take time for those results to be fully realized, and it is essential that we all take this into account. Right. Basically, you're going to see a lot of bad headlines on Fox, but I assure you it's working, not really. What, what's the rough cost to American taxpayers since the roughly 4 million people have come into this country illegally uh, since January of 2021 as those people show up at community hospitals as they uh, enter the school system, as they get other government help? Do you have a taxpayer cost? Let me turn that question uh, around a little bit because um, I'm going to turn it around to match the question that an international partner asked of me. And the question that the international partner asked of me is, what is the economic... What happened? Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Sorry, I forgot. I told Charlie just cut it because he doesn't actually answer the question. He never actually answers the question. Uh, he, he essentially says, cost what is the economic of broken immigration cost? system? Where, where is this? Since there are uh, businesses We're going around rogue. this country that are desperate for workers. Yep, okay, there we go, there we go. Sorry, had a glitch in the system, told Charlie to cut it because... He was, doesn't actually answer the question. He never answers the question. He essentially says, what is the cost if we do nothing? That's not the, the answer. That's not the question. That's not the question. One more here. I want to be very clear. Our borders are not open. <laughs> People Lies. who cross our border unlawfully and without a legal basis to remain will be pr promptly processed and removed. An individual who is removed under Title VIII is subject to at least a five-year ban on re-entry into the United States and can face criminal prosecution if they attempt to cross again. Smugglers have been long, hard at work spreading false information that the border will be open. They are lying. To people who are thinking of making the journey to our southern border, know this. Smugglers care only about profits, not people. Do not. Yes, but they're going to come over. They're going to come over. He doesn't seem to understand this. This is from Adam Shaw and Bill Malugan at Fox News. It was published at 1.40 p.m. today. The head of the U.S. Border Patrol has sent out a memo authorizing the release of illegal migrants into the United States without court dates if agents face overcrowding as the Biden administration scrambles to deal with a historic surge in migration at the border ahead of the end of Title 42. The memo says migrants can allowed into the country on parole, a process typically reserved for urgent humanitarian reasons or significant public benefit, if Customs and Border Patrol face overcrowding. 
The memo calls the practice parole with conditions as migrants are required to make an appointment with Immigration and Customs Enforcement or request a notice to appear by mail. Under a parole release, migrants are rapidly released into the country, do not get an alien registration number, and do not receive a court date. The use of parole is being authorized if a sector capacity goes above 125%, if agents apprehend 7,000 a day over 72 hours, or if average time in custody goes above 60 hours. Agents have been encountering over 10,000 migrants a day since Monday, and there are no signs of that slowing down with the looming end of Title 42, which is expected to bring an even bigger wave. The memo noted the enormous numbers agents are encountering, saying, quote, for the past seven days, U.S. Border Patrol has averaged over 8,750 encounters per day. This is over double the daily encounters of 4,284 in May of 2019, the highest month of the 2019 surge. Even with significant personnel along the southwest border, a significant detention capacity and interagency resources supporting the effort, this situation requires urgent action. Y'all, this is going to be a disaster. This is absolutely going to be a disaster. And Mayorkas can say all he wants that they're going to process even more now, but they weren't processing during Title 42, which gave them even more leeway. Do you really believe this? And this is the problem. You can't believe it. What Mayorkas is doing is he's playing to the headlines, not to the truth. He knows that most people are checked out. They're not paying attention. It's the end of the school year. People are getting ready for their vacations. And they're going to play that clip on TV of Mayorkas saying, actually, you're going to be processed even quicker. You're going to be removed from the country. The border is closed. People are going to say, okay, they got this. And they're going to move on about their business because they're not paying attention. And meanwhile, the Border Patrol is directly contradicting what their Homeland Security Secretary says. They're now saying we we got to let these people out. We're, we're the the system is overflowing. We got to let them out into the country, into the wild, illegal aliens everywhere. Florida is filing a lawsuit. DeSantis is fighting back. He says this is inappropriate, and states are being overwhelmed, and so states must file suit and try to get this stopped. Try to get something done. The Democrats are playing with fire on this. It's not going to. It, 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 this is not a helpful situation. It's really a bad deal. It's really a bad situation. It is a humanitarian crisis, a humanitarian crisis that the Biden administration has denied was real, has denied was happening, has just simply denied reality. Greetings, conversationalists. Welcome. The phone number, 877-973-7425. If you would like to be on the program, let's go to Angie. You're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, is that for me, Angel? Yes. Oh, sorry, Angel. I'm sorry. I misread the screen. (laughs) That's okay. Uh, I just, maybe I missed something, but I understand and I'm in agreement with if it gets overcrowded or actually before that, letting them um, out. But why do we have to let them out in the United States? Why can't we let them out 
back into Mexico. <laughs> so that's what Title 42 did. Uh, under Title 42, if there you essentially process their amnesty request and send them back to Mexico and make them stay on that side of the border. Uh, by getting rid of Title 42, uh, the law says that uh, if there's overcrowding, it's based on an old court case, you got to let them go. I know this sounds convoluted, but there was a court case from about two decades ago during, I want to say, the Clinton administration. And the Clinton administration said if the facilities at the border are overcrowded because it's a humanitarian issue, they will agree that they will allow people out of the detention to roam free in the United States until they go to a court date. And the Clinton administration, being liberal on this issue, uh, bound every future administration with a court decision that Congress has never gone back to revise. And that's the problem. So by law, according to the Clinton administration, in a judicial decree in the 1990s, you overwhelm a Customs and Border Patrol holding facility, uh, you get to get out into the United States as opposed to being sent back to your home country. That's how convoluted this whole system is. If that sounds crazy to you, you're not alone. It's crazy to everybody, but the government has refused to fix it. Um, And at this point, because it was a judicial consent decree, Congress itself would have to intervene to change it, and Republicans have tried repeatedly, and Democrats have blocked it in the Senate repeatedly. Democrats have filibustered every attempt of the Republicans to get this changed, and that's the problem we're dealing with, unfortunately. All right, when we come back, we got to talk about the mom blogger who is dead. Deuce, some of you know, um, there's method to the madness. So you got to stick around for this. Right now, though, I got to tell you, uh, with the topsy-turvy world we are in, the Dow is down 300 points right now. Uh, the S&P is down, NASDAQ barely up. Uh, you just never know which way it's going these days. You need to consider gold and silver to make your portfolio a little more even-keeled, and Advantage Gold can help you, 800 800- Four five zero two five six six. If you're interested in helping your IRA, your 401k, or even your general portfolio, let Advantage Gold take care of you. They're TrustLink's highest rated uh, gold company, seven years in a row. 800-450-2566 is their number. If you call Advantage Gold, they'll send you a free gold IRA investment kit that tells you what you need to know about using precious metals for your retirement portfolio. 800-450-2566. Don't sit by with the stock market doing what it's doing. Inflation, it may be going down, but it's still high. And you got all the geopolitical turmoil up out there that can still cause everything to go haywire. 800-450-2566. The thing that is great about Advantage Gold is they want to educate you without the gimmicks. They play it straight, give you the information you need to make wise decisions about your portfolio using gold and silver. Call them at 800-450-2566. Tell them I sent you. See if they're good for you. They may not be, but if you're interested at all in precious metals, talk to Advantage Gold, 800-450-2566. Greetings. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. I hope you are doing well. As I have mentioned, I'm going to go hit golf balls tomorrow. I'm, I am I need a day. I've also got my fishing rod uh, a rooster tail on it and intend to catch me some bass tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to do if I catch them, though. Philip's not going to be there to take them off the hook for me. i got to actually touch the fish. <laughs> my buddy Matt just texted me. He says, you can come fly fishing with me this week. And I was like, I would, but I'm going golfing. Okay. Um, so I, I, let me begin with an unrelated story to get into the sad story, but the sad story is the story that 
we need to get to. But first, because they're they're related, even though they don't seem to be related. I, I am an expert. I can weave these stories together. There's a Twitter user, Analyst941. Twitter user Analyst941. You, you can't go find his account now. He's, he's deleted it. He's been exposed. He has cost his sister her job. He is a leaker. He leaks about Apple. He leaked that uh, the iPhone 14 Pro would have an always-on display and would have something called a dynamic island. The name Dynamic Island did not leak, but the idea of it did. He cost his sister her job. See, Apple has been developing Final Cut Pro and Logic. Those are its high-end. I've got them on my Mac. Uh, It's a high-end video editing and music editing software, very high-end, used by major corporations, used by major studios, used by major bands to edit music, to edit movies, to edit TV. We use it for for the clips you see uh, of me. And, and, I mean, there are a lot of major movies that use Final Cut Pro, a lot of major TV shows that use it. A lot of the biggest bands in the world use Logic, Apple's music app, to edit their music. And they're all coming to the iPad. And a date was released. And it turned out internally at Apple, they were looking for a leaker. And they submitted the information with multiple different dates. And the date that leaked publicly, they could tie to a particular employee. And it turns out that this girl who worked for Apple, her brother, was the leaker. And she has lost her job and will probably be sued by Apple. And the brother will also be sued by Apple for leaking internal trade secrets. He did it, I suspect, because he liked the thrill of it. He felt useful. He he felt like he was doing something pretty awesome. Now he says, this is it. I can't believe I did this. I'm so sorry to my sister and Apple as a whole. I don't know what else to say. I know she is destroyed. She also hates me right now. Like, I don't even know that I have a sister anymore. I don't know if I even have a life beyond this. I don't know what can happen at this point. I enjoyed the ride. To anybody out there who gets a source, keep the details at a minimum. It could be costly. He destroyed his sister's life. Destroyed his life. Probably going to get a a, a massive lawsuit against him. It's going to wreck him, break him. He didn't have to do it. He says he, he can't believe he did it. But he wanted to be informed. He wanted to be the guy with the information. He wanted to be the guy in the know. And so he did it. And it was a buzz. It was a drug. A powerful elixir being the guy in the know, even anonymous. He could read a news story and say, I'm the one who leaked that. That was me. A woman named Heather Armstrong has committed suicide. Her blog was named Deuce. She embraced it. Um, She started the blog Deuce 
back when no one had a blog. She was 25 years old. She was an English major with a degree from Brigham Young University. She's a Mormon, had a job at an internet startup in Los Angeles. She started a blog. She never expected her parents to find it. She never expected her employer to find it, and yet they found it, and they found she had left her faith. And she wrote derisively about coworkers. She lost her family. They disowned her. She lost her job. They fired her. And she kept writing. Her family eventually was willing to let her move home to Salt Lake City in the basement with her husband. She started writing. She got pregnant. And she wrote more and more. And as she wrote more and more, she overshared more and more and became one of the founders of the idea of the mom blog. And the secret to her success was oversharing. But she also got depressed. She had postpartum depression at first, had to be hospitalized and medicated. She struggled to write. She became an alcoholic. She got a lot of criticism online. She started doing social media influencing, uh, started doing a display advertising on her website. She started uh, writing about the products, getting money for them. She made a lot of money doing that, and, and she got fame. And then the world kind of shifted, and it moved to TikTok. And she, she was a writer. She wasn't a TikToker. She couldn't keep up with that, the kids these days. And she turned to drugs to try to get over the depression. She turned to all sorts of uh, crazy procedures. She turned to alcohol. She got off of alcohol. And then right before she committed suicide, she turned back to alcohol. She wrote several books along the way. This is Lisa Belkin, who is a journalist and who had covered Heather Armstrong, during Heather Armstrong's life, this is the end of her piece of the New York Times on this. Her blog entries, once almost daily, appeared monthly at best. Her final post on April 6th described the pain of early sobriety. She wrote, 22 years of agony I had numbed with alcohol, had come alive and transformed itself into almost an alien life form. I often felt like I was being electrocuted for hours at a time. Lisa Belkin then continues, then she spent the rest of the post describing her awe at the woman her 18-year-old firstborn had become. And so she ended her writing life where it had essentially begun, writing about motherhood with its mix of joy and despair. Her final post, I have always been present for my kids and good Lord, you can say what you want about how I should not have dragged either of them into a post about their alcoholic mother, but I am going to give myself credit for having raised a woman who more than anything else possesses a ferocity of life. And then Heather Armstrong committed suicide. Now, I bring up these two completely separate things. This, this guy who cost his sister his job and, and probably himself his livelihood and himself sounds like somebody needs to check on him on a wel welfare check and this... 47-year-old, my age, committed suicide, had risen to fame with the rise of blogs, couldn't keep up with the pace of TikTok, struggled with depression, overshared on the internet. I am oftentimes accused of oversharing on this program. 
what she couldn't do was keep up with it all. And it, her life spun out of control, and she couldn't adapt to the changing times of the Internet. You know, I listen, I, I find it relatable, I'll be honest with you. The number of people who tell me, well, it, it, podcasting's the rage, radio's dying, and I want to do radio. And, and here's this woman, she wanted to do TikTok, she wanted to do a blog, and she couldn't keep up. And she struggled, and she struggled with despair and depression and rejection and harassment and nasty, nasty comments and all of that. And, and ultimately, she couldn't couldn't overcome it. it overwhelmed, overshared, and overdosed. In radio these days, you know, the number of people say you should have a podcast first. The number of people who tell me, "Well, you can't, you you can't succeed because you're you're from the south. You talk about God. You you'll never make it in talk radio big." Tell you, dealing that one lately. And it's like, what do I do? This is the only thing I can do. What do I do if I don't do this? The difference, however, is that she and this guy on the internet who leaked about Apple, they defined themselves by their online self. And I used to define myself by my online self. I did. But it became a very grueling bit of self-absorption and taxing issue for my family. And decided I needed to put them first. A near-death experience had a long way to go in helping with that. Don't define yourself online. And also, be careful about the communities you build. She was, uh, in the Latter-day Saints, LDS Mormon, rejected her faith and tried to find it in other things. And and this is one of those those big issues for a lot of people who leave a, a community of interest, a faith community in particular. You What you do is you substitute your faith in one thing for faith in something else, all these social issues and stuff. One of the undercurrents here that doesn't get talked about in the New York Times is over the last couple of years, she has gone from being socially liberal to being incensed about the trans issue and becoming uh, anti-trans, didn't want boys in the girls' bathroom, didn't want her daughters competing with boys in sports, and lost a course section of her audience over that because they embraced her social liberalism. They didn't like this change in her because they're good social liberals. She thought she had a relationship with them, and she really didn't, and they left, and she a dwindling audience. She's struggling with depression, and it all led somewhere bad and did not have a real support structure offline, isolated offline. I myself have had to work with not being isolated offline. I, I'm going to go play golf with a buddy for the next few days because I can tell I need a break. I, I got to get out of here. Um, and, and, you know, I I share with you guys, one, because I know in my position in sharing, and like she did say, I think legitimately, in sharing the struggles of her life, she knows that she can speak into the lives of others who are having similar struggles, so they know they're not alone. It's what I do here with you sometimes, whether it's talking about my wife's cancer or raising my kids and, and talking about my kids. A buddy of mine thinks that I talk too much about my kids. I, 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 maybe, maybe I, I do too much. I, I don't think that I do, although occasionally I am introduced to people who really do pay attention enough to my kids to come up to them and ask them about things going on in their lives that they've heard me talk about here. But the common trait among them, and the one that I have so been in danger of doing, and I thank God I never did, 
is becoming defined by the persona portrayed online. I am not everyone's cup of tea. But I have, over time, come to realize I'm not going to please everybody and I shouldn't try. And I have also come to realize I should not be a character on the radio. I should be me. So that if you ever encounter me in person, I am the same person that you are listening to right now. I'm not different. I know people who put on a show on radio and they're completely different when the microphone turns off. I want to be authentic with you. But also being careful that the things that anchor me are off this program. That if the microphone went away, the fame went away, the income went away, I'd go find something else. I'm not defined by the microphone any more than I'm defined by the Twitter feed. And for those who are, it can lead to terrible, terrible places. Be careful how you define yourself. Be you, not the person you want to be. Be you. And also, surround yourself with other people. The rate of suicide through isolation and despair after COVID has continued to go up because people have not gotten out of their isolation. I'll just, I'm running too long here, but let me just, one point. I was talking to my wife yesterday. My wife is doing strongman training. You know, she wants to throw the hundred pound boulders and stuff like that. I'm amazed. Um, and she has a she has a regular trainer that she goes to, and then she has a, a guy who specializes in the strongman stuff. And she's like, I'm I'm afraid I'm going to get to the point where my regular trainer, who she loves, uh, that that am I going to outgrow her? I said, you you're not you're not because it's community. You my wife because of cancer and all can isolate herself sometimes, and and I'm like you you're going to this gym not just because of the workouts of the trainer, but because it's it's community and it's friends, and and it's good for you to be out of the house with these people and. Gosh, if I could just implore you guys to do one thing, if you find yourself really, really, really isolated, just reach out to one friend and say, can we go have a beer? Can we get together? Can we have dinner? Because that's something that these people who build themselves up online and all have way too much in common is they isolate themselves offline. They find their community online, and their online community is not really there. Now, I want you to reach out to Patriot Mobile and build their business with them, help them grow their profits, and they'll grow the conservative movement. And all you have to do is move your cell service to them. That's it. Go to PatriotMobile.com today. Take your cell phone number to Patriot Mobile or get a new one from them. PatriotMobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get guaranteed great service using the same cell towers everybody else is using, and then they take a portion of their profits, and they grow the conservative movement. It's patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K or 972-PATRIOT. Now, here's the thing. If you call them and tell them I sent you, you get free activation. You get great discounts if you're a veteran, a first responder, an NRA member. If you're a teacher, if you've got a lot of lines because you've got multiple kids with lots of phones, we're getting to that point in my house. Patriot Mobile might be able to save you some money. They will take a portion of their profits, and they'll fund the conservative movement. It's patriotmobile.com slash Eric or call them, 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I said you get free activation. If you go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, you can put in your home address and see straight down to your house how good their service is in your area so you're not taken by surprise. And I'm telling you, it's good service. Patriotmobile.com slash Eric. Greetings. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. So I, I got to, I, I, I do, because I got emails. I got emails and I need to 
ex- express this to you. Um, I'm a really bad golfer. I've gotten better. There, there's a there's a golf pro. His name's Kyle Davis, <laughs> and um, he he works up at this place, Barnsley uh, Resort, where I'm going, and he has actually gotten me to be a better golfer. I was really bad, and I'm still bad, but I'm better because of Kyle. But I got all these emails because I told people I'm going to play golf and shoot guns and fish this week. And they're like, "Hey, we should go play golf. I can get you on this great golf course." I don't know that I should because my handicap is measured in balls lost. I mean, my my essentially my golfing is is about day drinking and smoking cigars. I, I take a couple of beers or a bottle of bourbon and friends and big ice cube and and cigars and and we just go piddle on the course and I'm really bad. I'm getting better. I decided I needed like this outlet to play. And it gives me outside and, and a little sunshine, and it's fantastic. And um, But I'm bad, and so I have to decline the invites to go play at your nice golf courses because I would discredit you with your golf buddies if they saw how badly I play. Uh, like, I got a friend of mine who says he's really bad, and I what I've learned about golfers who say they are bad is that they're actually not terrible. They may not be fantastic, but... They're like all liars. Like I say, I'm a bad golfer. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm a bad golfer too. And then we go out and they can actually get the ball off the tee. And I'm like struggling. Like Charlie, my producer, won't play golf with me because he's a good golfer. And he actually knows when I say I'm a bad golfer, I'm a bad golfer. Now, he hadn't been out there with my expensive bottle of bourbon and the cigars and stuff. He, he just, but like he takes it seriously. And me, it's just a way to get out of the house. But I'm going to go hit golf balls this weekend and see if. Kyle's around at Barnsley, and I'm going to shoot some guns, and I'm going to fish, and I'm just going to hang out. You guys have a great weekend. I will see you Monday.